Hello everyone, I'm Yvonne Edoutu and this is Beautiful My Podcast. You're listening to Beautiful My Podcast, episode 5. In today's episode, I have a guest on my show, the very first guest, Talani Ogunsara from the More Civil Podcast. Talani recently returned to Nigeria for the first time in seven years, and so I had to sit down, talk to her about her life, and catch up. Talani is currently an assistant professor in the U.S. She's a pharmacist, a writer, a blogger, a podcaster, and she taught herself how to speak Korean language. She loves all things Korean. So in this episode, we'll talk about her return to Nigeria, adjusting to the social culture in America, mental health issues, developing strong friendships, and most importantly, how she got into learning Korean language. If you enjoyed this podcast, please write a review on iTunes so that others can find it and listen to it. Thank you very much. Let's get right into the episode. So join me as I welcome Talani Ogunsoya. Hi, Talani. Talani has been away from Nigeria for seven years, and she's back now. So, Talani, how do you feel back in Nigeria after seven years? Uh, okay. You know. <laughs> just okay? I feel... Feel good. I'm confused me right now, just kidding. <laughs> um... I'd always wanted to come back home for, for the longest time. And if you listen to my previous episode about when I talked about moving back home, no, no, like this is home after such a long time. My reason was really when I had time, I didn't have money. When I had money, I didn't have time. And But it feels good to be back home, to be part of something, you know, because this is my home. Nigeria is always going to be like the base for me when it started. And even though like I've lived in the US for seven years now and I've adopted a Korean culture along the way, I'm a very cool Nigerian. So it feels good to be back home because I feel more connected here. I actually mm-hmm. feel more, yes, I know it doesn't make sense. Even with the struggles and some of the toils and the, and the hardship of living in Nigeria, trying Lagos, Nigeria, I feel like I'm, I'm a part of something. You know, I think the people are still as warm as, as ever. And intrusive. You know, yeah, <laughs> intrusive, but I call it intentionally inquisitive about you. Okay. I feel like even the hardship hasn't gotten to many of us but i feel like at the point we need to start snapping out of that saccharine form of optimism we have towards everything but too overly optimistic like it's not normal that you have to run your generator 247 it's not normal that you have to use your inverter it's not normal that you have to be your own government you know providing your water building your roads we need to like think about other ways of doing things like this hardship is it doesn't make sense for like the mundane things road electricity infrastructure just a steady economy like it doesn't make sense so that frustration sometimes like drives me crazy but i think overall it's good to be back home to just be with my people and not be like a black girl or <laughs> i know a minority girl, girl or person of color girl. just no nigerian <laughs> princess nigerian no, queen by know. the way you know and just know. me you know me without my skin color without being black i love that yeah i can totally relate because mm-hmm. i was in the u.s for two years and i was in a my <laughs> I was called the minority and I was in a minority group. And if you listen to my earlier, I mean, a person of color, 
that triggered me every time I heard it. There was even a group, there was an association in Cornell and law school called Women of Color Association or something. Yeah. I didn't join. Okay. <laughs> but then do a study about the willingness of Africans in the diaspora during those labels because I know. It's like it doesn't speak directly to me. It doesn't. The visions of the group and the vision might be similar, but that name is just like I'm not a person of color. I'm, I'm I joined the Black Law Students Association. And should I tell you what happened? <laughs> when I uh, when I attended one of the meetings, I saw that okay, it was a mixed crowd. I saw some Caucasian people, and I had to ask a friend that oh, I thought we we're all gonna be black. And he was like, no, we don't black. say no to whites or anybody that wants to come in. I was like, oh really? You know, probably had better chance than women of color. <laughs> Than that that was like you see different colors. But then I I just couldn't take person of color. So I want to ask you, you moved to the US seven years ago. Yeah, How did you adjust to the the social culture in America? That's a very things, broad question, though. But yeah, I understand. I understand right from the back. I think one of the things we forget. We might talk smack about Nigeria being Nigerian, but if you're Nigerian and you find yourself in another country, by virtue of being Nigerian, you're a superstar. Because that resilience you build from here that doggedness, that strong work ethic you have, and just that wanting to be the best at what you do, you know, scoring high grades, I can be last now, that kind of, you know, attitude. So for me, I took all of that, and all the, you know, all the extra, extra. Work, you know, <laughs> I took all of that, and I applied that, and it really made me excel, you know, because things will happen to you in the US, like, you have to, like, that to me, I felt like I grew up more in that seven years, than I did, you know, in, in the 20 years I lived in Nigeria by myself. Yeah, so I, f- I took all of that and I think it really helped me really adjust very well. Mm-hmm. And also the place of social support, like you cannot underestimate that. You have to, excuse me, you have to find your people. You have to find your people. And I believe that you can find your people regardless of where they're from. I have friends from all over. Because one thing that binds most of my friends together, like the ones that I tried doing when like, one life was really tough in the US, was that common bond of one from here? So how do we survive? Almost like a hunger game. How do we survive? <laughs> not really. each other, you know, offer each other as tribute, but a common how to survive here, how to thrive. I know. And then you move beyond surviving to thriving and then excelling. Excellent. I see myself as a Nigerian ambassador. Everybody that comes in contact with me, I want to leave a piece of Nigeria with them through my personality, through my individuality, Aww. through my talent. So I had to make sure that I was doing things not just the right way because I thought it was the right way, mm-hmm. but am I representing myself? Am I representing Nigeria very well? And everything was just easy. I mean, through our food, I've hosted so many get-togethers where I made jollof fries and plantains. Yeah. It's always a hit with my Korean friends, especially. Plantains are foodie. Because yeah, I love food. I love good food. But if you're ever in Oklahoma City and you need some place to eat, <laughs> yeah, if you're ever in Oklahoma holla, City, holla, Seriously, email me and I could take yeah. you around. Talani is that I love one person. Good food, you know? yeah. And you can probably tell I've dedicated my life to like that pursuit of good food. So through food, through you know, people are very curious about Nigeria. Because if you find out in the US, like eight out of ten Africans will meet the Nigerians, yeah. most of us come here to come there to school. Yeah. So I feel like we haven't been doing a good job of just talking more about our country. That's you know, true. people hear about Nigeria in the news, they bomb blast yeah. feeling the northern part and like and I have like some of my senior colleagues calling yeah. me like, Hey, are you safe? Are your parents are like it's sad that's happening, but my parents don't live there. So I don't get to hear the other good part of Nigeria. You know, like, you know, when you grow up, growing up in Lagos, 
I always try to funky rice and say, I grew up by the ocean, I love seafood, I love fish. They all know that traffic, they all know traffic, they the beach. I know. You know? So, but yeah, um, yeah, social support and just resilience that you have as a Nigerian, those two things will go a long way. Find to try, you know. US can be very lonely. Nobody, I won't, I won't say people don't care about you, but people will care about you if they see you. So yeah. that's out of sight, out of mind. So when you meet caring people, caring like, people, just hold on to them. Just, and then most of all, be a good friend. You know, be a good friend. People talk about I don't have good friends. Well, if you're really a good friend, you'll have good friends. Because you're to attract those, you know. I mean, people would take advantage of you sometimes. But don't let them take the best of you. And then you lose that thing that makes you you. So be a good friend. And before you know it, to start building That's a, a gem. Shekhar said be a good friend. Be a good friend. And making me think about no, it. No, be a good friend. Check up on your friends. Be intentional about friendship. Oof. Say what you mean and mean what you say. Preach, baby. <laughs> I've had friends that, you know, I probably wasn't a good friend at a point in my life. And I know that. I know. And I've had friends that weren't good to me. Yeah. But at the end of the day, be who you say you are. And, mm. you know, just be nice to people. Be kind to each other. And that's it. And another thing about uh, living in a different culture or moving somewhere else it it amplifies your your qualities or your values or you get to know yourself some more the bad and the good part yeah the bad and the good part yeah suddenly now you now see yourself in a different light you're not in nigeria where you can get away with so many things like you talked about intentional friendship in nigeria you're friends with people based on proximity are you coming or school like and you're fine with it it's It's, convenient that's the thing yeah i don't know what i read and i wish i could find the tweet it had to do with a stay away from friends that are only friends out of convenience oh, and i had to sit down i kept thinking like wow even what are the friendships like, i know I like i know because I, you do have friends like that that you've been a, you've been that friend of you've been that friend you yeah. know like if you're around me you see you all the time yeah, i check on you we're out here you know living in separate islands girl 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 that was like my shade <laughs> and that's me i get to think about something i retweet i'm not on twitter just because of uh, keeping up with social media and all that. Yeah, I tried to learn what something new. And when I see a quote, I was like, wow, <laughs> this really hits me. And Talon is that friend that keeps in touch. I try. She tries, really. She really does. I <laughs> I was telling her an experience how in the US I, I struggle with keeping in touch with some people. Oh, yeah. But then she stayed constant, you know. She tried helping me with my accommodation when I just got in and you know, was trying to settle really? in. Yeah, you contacted one of your friends that attended hey. Cornell just to talk about it. Added us on a group on Facebook. I know. Hey. Yeah, you did. I can't remember. I know. Which, which friend? Which I don't know. She, I think she's an evil girl. She's an engineer or something. She did engineering. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah you, you, can, you can't remember. Yeah, but that was nice and kind. Because the truth is, when you're in a, a place far from home, you discover that you need all the possible contacts. Yeah. Any any close person, any yeah. familiar person. Yeah. Person might be living in the far states, but you just need somebody. You never know. Yeah. That can relate to what you're going through. That's yeah. it. And my key has always been: if I went through a hard time and I could prevent somebody else from having that hard time, why not just share that wealth of information? I wasn't always this open with you know sharing stuff because when you grow up in Nigeria, sometimes sharing in pharmacy school when it was very competitive. Yeah. If you had knowledge, you had it to yourself. So, yeah. but then moving to the US, I realized that it wasn't that way. If if you struggled as an international student, and you could pass down tips that could help other people, I know. They can focus on school, schoolwork, things that are more important, as opposed to struggling with accommodation and getting, you know, by. Just help people. Mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah, that's that's always been something I've been aspiring to do and to, you know, really give my, like, give resources away if it's something I can do. Even if I can't do it, I can always recommend people. Okay. recommend people that could do that. Yeah. Okay. I know you're a Christian, mm-hmm. and I would like to know how you 
were able to adjust to when I say the brand of Christianity in America, it's, yeah, it's it's very different well, from Nigeria. Was, you even came from <laughs> you even came from MFM, so I want to know how Bro, to transition. <laughs> yeah, put it out there. Oh, I have a few MFM friends or friends that attend MFM, <laughs> so yeah. Oh, I have black friends, so I can't be racist. <laughs> well, well, well. Ah, so I I wasn't I didn't experiment. <laughs> Never experiment. I didn't experiment. Ah. Oh my goodness, I didn't, I wasn't expecting that because I had the idea I had about the US was it was a Christian nation, you know, because most of the, um, like the authors, like Wanda Bynum, um, Miles Monroe, the preachers, um, Joyce Mayer, preachers that I really liked, they're from the US. So I thought, oh, if I go to the US, it's going to be holding that. Girl, no. <laughs> as secular as anything. And I think for me, for the first time, I felt like in the in Nigeria, I had like the corporate insurance of Christianity. You're born into a Christian home, you go to church, you dress up, you come back home. I didn't have that personal, personal relationship with God, even though it was very emphasized. Yeah. But our religion here yeah, sometimes is attached to something, it's anchored to either our parents or, you know, our religious place of worship. And even what we can get from God. And what we, we can get from God, but not what God can give to us. That's true. Girl. <laughs> Then I remember going to church, and um, the church I attended because I had a host that I stayed with when I moved in. Really. It was um, it was a multi-denominational church, but it was I'll say maybe sixty percent white. And if you see the way they worship God, and I'm not saying because the Caucasian thing, I think it's the Caucasian thing. It's when you talk, talk about God, I think God is their boyfriend, and that was what was missing. Because when we pray, especially MFM, yeah. coming from my background, kill it was aggressive, not aggressive, but like it was very poignant. Like, God, oh wow, die by fire. It was just but that. You're forever very, killing your enemies. <laughs> forever killing them like a motorcycle. I know. But you see somebody talking about going like their boyfriend. Like, even the lyrics. For example, one of them I like, I like is, um, he's jealous of me, loves like a hurricane. And that talks about God being jealous. And when you hear the words, and usually they had like, the Nigerian children have that now, but they had like projectors mm-hmm. where you could like see the lyrics. I'm like, ah. It's just like somebody's text message to their boyfriend to God. I know. Seeing God in that light as, like, like a lover. And that was missing in my Nigerian experiment. So that was okay. a shock for me. And you should also understand that my concept of, of Jesus as a girl was drawn from my father, my relationship with my father, which, you know, we can't even talk about now. Yeah. But, so I had a very different concept about God the Father. God the Father wasn't definitely God the lover. It wasn't God, you know, the... The, the loving father yeah. you know, like I yeah. that. but it was <laughs> God like the, the like God, God dis- I, discipline you so that also messed up in my mind but I, I had a faith crisis which you know, I told you about mm-hmm. I kind of stepped out of my faith for in 2014 mm-hmm. it was born out of a personal crisis and I felt like the church wasn't ready to handle the grief I was experiencing so I stepped away for a while and I, at that point I was kind of done with you know I'm going to say religion even though it was religion yeah. But I stopped going to church. I just, you know, if you were my rich. friend on Facebook, then probably sort of. I wasn't bashing Christianity. But I, I know, bashing. but there was just some negative energy that I just saw yeah. out. I was like, yeah, there's like something that. going on there. Did you check up on me? You this introverted friend of mine. That's okay. I forgive you. But um, I was with you in spirit. <laughs> I think what really brought me back, many things brought me back, but it was just the consistency mm. of those around me. And I feel like that's something we can do as Nigerians. When we find people like leaving the faith. Let's not be very quick to like jump on my high. Let's see backslide. I feel like and like playing like guilt, you know, guilt trips on them. Let's find out instead of why are you doing this. Like what happened to you? You know, 
I'm sure if I lost my faith in Nigeria, I probably will never be a Christian again. Probably. Because I feel like nobody will probably understand. Like, because you don't like leave Christianity or leave mm. whatever religion you have. Yeah, you're supposed to be like that forever. You are. But for whatever reason, there's no saying that me questioning, mm. I may stepping out of, of the faith for a while, wasn't a positive bad thing. Yeah. Sometimes, I, I think that needs to happen for me back. to lose my corporate insurance or Christianity that I had bought from Nigeria, but to have God, to know God for myself. I didn't know what the ending was going to be like. But now it's it's better because my brand of Christianity right now is born from a personal experience. I can share my story, and I'm very open about my struggles. I still don't think I get it right as a Christian. I still don't think I'm always working where I need to be at. But you know what? I've learned the concept of grace, of forgiveness, of self, and also knowing that in Christ I can do all things. So yes, that's things that had to change for me. It was losing that corporate insurance that I brought into like. Well, my family is Christian, so Christian, I'm, for I'm life. Christian. I know. Uh, you know, I've got like, uh, the prayers church, your parents have prayed since you're a child. Instead of doing church, that's right. I know, like, I know. Because the way I think one of the things my church really taught me was you had to be intentional. Like seeing God in that view as a lover, it felt more intimate and it scared the hell out of me. I can't swallow the podcast, right? It scared <laughs> the hell out of me. Like seeing God as a lover, because that was very intimate. And I wasn't used Ready to that. My yeah. brand of, of God was a different, you know, someone that I can see that and do like 10 Hail Mary, someone that wasn't Catholic. Like, Girl. It was like authoritative and punitive kind of yeah. guy. So seeing God in that light, like, was like, my goodness, how can I handle it? But you know, it became a relationship. And I, I pray, I tell people, I pray every time I carry the Spirit with me. And even when I'm not really, I feel like I'm not in the zone, I'm still in the zone. Because that's how Christianity should be. It's a relationship. It's not when you have to go to church and you put in your church hat, you know. So that's that's one of the biggest things I had to address. But so far, so good. I'm I'm thankful for the experiences I've had. I'm thankful for the people that have poured so much in my life. And for those that ever gave up on me, because they did see something that I wasn't seeing, but then they were gentle with me and they brought me that kind of thing. I'm feeling so, bad. There wasn't one of the people that checked up for you. I know. But if you have anybody, really, really, if you listen to this and you have maybe a sibling or someone in your life that has stepped away from the church, mm. instead of just tripping them, because you never know what people are going through. That's true. For people to leave, some people just leave because they just want to leave. Yeah, that's and, it. But those that live out of a personal crisis, instead of asking, why are you leaving the church? This is the best time. Pray more. Have more faith. Mm-hmm. Just ask, what can I help you with? Or just yeah. even forget about the church thing for a while and focus on their well-being. By loving on people, there's so much you can do for them. Because what's religion? Religion wasn't what Christ came for. He came for a relationship. And Christianity is about the only religion where it's not about what you can do for God, but what has been done for you. Yeah, that's so, true. That's girl. Can see. She came in right here to preach. Preach it, girl. Preach it, preach it, preach it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't really thinking of my pastor hat today. Yeah, but you did good. Today. You did good. I know we've gone past talking about um, social culture in America, mm. but I also want to bring up mental health. I got more aware of my mental health when I moved to the US. <laughs> Imagine. And considering I lived in Nigeria, Nigeria is stressful. You have many challenges, it's struggles. I mean, when you, the, I mean, it's, it's the Hunger Games, as tolerant as it is. If you survive a I day, you are thankful. <laughs> you are, I mean, every every day you step out of a house, you volunteer. Yeah. I mean, you don't know you if you're coming back. You know. The but then I didn't struggle with so much anxiety. Yeah. But this got amplified in the US. And I don't know if it's the silence, the isolation, the culture generally. I'm very curious to know the link between immigrants, international students living abroad, how they adjust to social culture, and the increase in mental health issues. I know you did research on something like that. So can you quickly talk a little bit about it? 
So what I really worked on was um, accomplishing stress okay. and um, quality of life. So I looked at international students. It wasn't just Nigerians, it was students from all over, like those that were from parts of Asia, like South Korea, Nepal, mm. Bangladesh, mm. Um, even those that were from Africa as well, Canada, Nigeria. And, and just looking at quality of life across you know different variables, I'm not going to bore you with the scientific angle, but there are two types of stress. There's the stress and there's the use stress. Use stress is and there's this stress, there's just, that, that, sorry, that, there's when you're not stressed at all. That's when you're like really, you're not productive, right? Okay. And there's when you're too stressed that you're, you're burnt out. Okay. But there's the middle part called your stresses. That is where it's, a, it's an optimal level of stress, but you're still productive, you're not burnt out. Okay. So stress is not something really bad. But you find that for international students, and by definition of that, people that left their home country and moved to another country for education, usually for education. Education, approaching yourself from that especially in your 20s or however young you are that's the formative years of your life and then you're moving to a culture where you probably don't know much about it and then if you have if you're from a country where english is not even the first language you also have to do a language barrier so in addition to stress you feel normally you also have what they call acculturative stress and acculturation means you're trying to adapt with culture that's different from yours and so that brings a lot so your personality type might come to play Around yeah. that, an introvert might in some areas, and an extrovert. I'm a people person. Like I need, I get my energy from people. I need to be around people to feel me. And I know that sounds. Like <laughs> cool. No, I know that's true. <laughs> me, I need to. I need someone to bounce off my heart. That's why you charge. Yeah. Yes. So and when you move here, I moved here in my twenties. I'm going to start again, and you know the older I get, the harder it is to like start making new friends. I know, I noticed so good that quality friends, good quality friendships are hard. Because you can start reciting the ones from primary school and the ones mm-hmm. from your way back. Uni. So that was very, very hard for me, and I think after I started telling, and then having to cope with the educational system, it's so different. Everyone. It's very different. Very different. Like it's I remember stressful. the first few weeks of class, I couldn't discuss too much, and as a grad student. One of the key, one of the things, apart from writing your papers and doing exams, it's talking in class. It's talking in class. Yeah. Your friends would like say things and like, how did they get that idea? Even if they left me in that classroom, mm-hmm. like, how did they think in that way? So guess what? I started doing struggling with your accent too. <laughs> reading, brushing up on, because it was the, the class I took was on healthcare industry, like mm-hmm. in North America. So I started reading a lot of shows, watching a lot of shows, reading blogs to kind of brush up. And guess what? After a while, I caught up with them. So I had to do a lot of work on my end. Because I thought to myself, if I left Nigeria, I better have to make, you know, good use of it. That's it. Because that money ain't cheap coming all the way here. So yeah, my mental health suffered a little bit. There was time I was really, really depressed. Really depressed. Because I didn't have that social structure that I, I had growing up here. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Eventually you find the tribe. Okay. And you find them in people. Like, you have no idea. Like, the friendship I've built, they're almost as good as the ones I have in Nigeria. Like, for example, my friends from Korea, Bidos from India. Puji, what's up? My very good friend from India. <laughs> Connect on so many levels, and I think the common factor there is that basically loves company, right? We're miserable <laughs> together, so we together. Get it. We get it. We get what it takes to survive. We get what it takes to thrive. So yeah, you have to get your mental health when you travel to another country. You really have to get your mental health. You have to be, you know what? You know, one thing I had to do when I got to when I got to, to the to the brink of depression, where mm. I was not functional anymore. Mm. I had to go seek therapy. I had to go seek help. And I remember the first time I walked into my counselor's office. Yeah. The body from like Nigeria, she's like, wow. <laughs> she was like, taking a lot to come here, right? 
Yeah, because her culture. Because she got it. She got it. Because I didn't even know I was depressed. I did. I, I said depression. Okay, ah, God forbid. I mean, I'm an extrovert. How dare I be depressed? That was one of. That was just my Nigerian way of thinking. I thought depression was like something beyond me, but I was depressed. Because I have crying spells. I wasn't just productive. I wasn't sleeping well. I wasn't eating well. I mean, that was that was just where the signs right there. Yeah. And even though she wasn't like Nigerian, she wasn't culturally um, competent in dealing with me, but she was culturally sensitive enough to understand that it's not a culture. Exactly. Yeah. And I just, that broke me down in a good way, and I, I was able to talk to her. So seek help if you find yourself that way. Okay. It's okay sometimes also not to feel okay, but if you're okay, not being okay has been prolonged for a long period of time, time to the point of like you have zero or low productivity. Sick help. Sick help. It's okay. And this is more. I've been through therapy, and yeah. you know, it's it's not easy saying that. I, well, it's it's it feels weird saying that out there, but I'm very open about it. Yeah. You know, it helped me. You feel weird because there. you're looking at your Nigerian culture. Yeah, but I'm okay with that. I can talk about. And it's that. okay. It's fine. It's really. fine. It's fine. It's fine. Nothing, like seek help, man. About it. If you can go seek help for diabetes or you know have conditions or for malaria, why not seek help about your yeah but your mind sure doesn't mean it's not important it's not there or because you find that your mental health really should be called health because it affects everything the way it you does. see yourself it does. the way you see the world around you it so, does yeah, it does it does yay this is my fellow mental health lover oh, <laughs> okay so if you know me you know how much i love korean shoes yeah. tell all these one of the few friends i know watches oh, my korean shows <laughs> we bonded over best uh what's it boys over flowers boys yeah boys flowers. Over flowers. Yeah. oh boys before flowers yeah. yeah so yeah if you're into korean shoes yeah it's real g yeah. but if you're not Telani, Telani, Telani is what. And should I tell you something in new what? or something what? special what? about Telani? She actually taught taught herself Korean language, so she speaks it, she writes it. She has Korean friends. She's extra like that. You know, you know this really smart friend you have that knows all the possible languages, foods. Telani can have discussion like any any other thing. So yeah, tell me, Telani, yeah. why did you decide to teach yourself Korean? Why? Why so couldn't she not just be like me? Just I watch did. Korean shows and moved on. I did for almost four years. I did that. I remember I had a Korean room when I lived in in Boston. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know and that. She that was the first time I actually really had Korean food, and she don't make a lot of rice. Can't I love a culture where they make rice and they don't feat you eating rice every day. Oh yeah, the Asians Girl, love their rice. Sticks. It's rice and sticks. It's interesting. I didn't like, like rice. Stick like, every, every Korean I know has like a rice cooker. Okay. That yeah, yeah, that's true. And she'll make rice and then put sesame seeds and fry eggs and the sides, like the vegetables, the braised, the um, pickled vegetables, and then the meats. I'm like, girl, what's a balanced diet? And then I remember the first time, um, the first drama I watched was um, Gentleman's Dignity. Okay. She told me it was very popular in, in Korean, but it's an episode. I, no, I, you know, I don't have time, Jai. I don't want to watch that. So I kind of put that back on my mind. But I remember in class, one would like trade notes like, to mm. kind of fill in the gaps. I'll see her. The letters like they were like circles and 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 words. I'm like, is that your language? That looks silly. Like, really? <laughs> I said, like, yeah, like you can read that, and she will, she found that funny. So after after I I defended my my dissertation in December of 2017, no, actually 2016, yeah. and I was supposed to resume work in Feb, in March of 2017. So I had like about four months gap. So I moved to New Mexico briefly to stay with my husband, and I realized I didn't have anything to do. You know, I started learning the guitar then. But I wanted something more, and I remember I was going to bed that night. It was sometime in January. I I I subscribed to 
Coursera. I take some courses on, you know, um, negotiation, okay. um, public speaking, and just soft skills. Yeah, I think I took this course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I got recommended for you. Learn Korean, one on one, as I shut the front door. Really? <laughs> I was past 11 at night, and so I clicked, and I was like, let me just look through it. Girl, mistake. One mistake, but it turned out to be something more. Plopped up on my computer, and there it was. I clicked on it, what the first video, one hour later, really? I learned all the language, all the alphabets. And I think one of the reasons I love this course is because I'm a, I have a scientific brain. It's not just enough for you to tell me this is how, this is what things are. How, why is it that way? I want to know the why is in the house. Okay. And that's what makes my brain really churn more and it makes the message sticks. And that's what they did. They started from the beginning, how it was invented by King Sejong in the 14th century. Oh, wow. And how it was, it was a, it was a language decided for the masses okay. to learn. Because then it was only the aristocrats that could read Chinese then. Because they, they have a lot of Korean words are like maybe, I want to say 40% Hanja, which is Chinese characters. But he wanted a language that was easy for the people to grasp. According to him, a wise person should be able to figure it out in a day or less than a day and a foolish person like the next morning. So I did it in an hour and it kind of, I went to bed feeling like I won a million bucks. Oh, I was wow. like, I can read Korean even though I didn't know what the words meant, but I could read mm-hmm. it. And then I built on that and you know, and it was just interest really. I feel like it's a huge, it's a, it's a passion I have for Korea because I didn't study about the language. I've, I've brushed up on the politics and history. I know a lot more about, and I'm, I'm not ashamed to say this, but it's just my interest. I know a lot more about Korean history yeah, and economic and development than Nigeria. I know. But guess what? What I know about Korea actually is fueling more of my interest in politics, especially with economic development. There's a lot Korea can teach Nigeria because Korea had the same struggles we had. And Korea is very big on education as we are. But why are we getting it? Why are we getting it? If you think about it, when Korea was annexed to North and South Korea after mm-hmm. the end of the Korean War, a lot of their big manufacturing industries, like the iron and you know oil companies, they were annexed, fortunately, to North Korea. So sometime in the 1950s, I think late 50s, the GDP of North Korea was higher than South Korea. There was time North Korea was doing a lot better than mm-hmm. South Korea. But guess what? They built themselves back up, not just by themselves. They didn't have a lot of aids from you know the UN and Japan had to pay them a lot of money for using their women as comfort slaves mm-hmm. in during the Japan War. Mm-hmm. And they also sent some of their you know nurses and mine workers to West Germany to bring money back home. But everyone believed in South Korea. So a lot of them donated even I'm not talking about it now, I'm getting good moms. Oh, you know wow. I'm very passionate about this. Everyone donated something like their gold, their dry to build the economy back up. And Korea has evolved a lot. I mean, they went through they went through many rough times many of them they had almost zero natural resources they started what we call the three whites you know cutting i think flour and maybe salt i forgot the third one and they built them up like samsung used to be a department store did you know that samsung is mm. and now it's like number one you know technological almost like number after one apple. Number one, <laughs> apple whatever but they, they're really big and they never care and they started with semiconductors you know, they went they branched out but I feel like what's missing in Nigeria is we don't have that dream of Nigeria. Yeah. Like most people of don't believe in Nigeria. Nigeria. But most people don't believe in Nigeria. And I think that was what was missing. And for South Koreans, they had to do it more because they had North Korea just by them, like their neighbors that they wanted to prove. So it became more of a competition by work for them. But South Korea is the only about the only country in the world, about the only country in the world that went from donors that went from recipient status on foreign aid to now donor status. Wow. Most countries just end up being in a recipient state. So I feel there's a lot we can learn from South Korea. And that's why I'm really passionate about it. It's not just the drama. The drama was something that opened me up to. And the music. The the music. (laughs) And, you know, which I'm really passionate about. (laughs) But I'm also passionate about the economy. And I feel like the more we exchange ideas, like, 
there's this thing I learned, the same old dumb principle where you start with basic infrastructure. See, so they, they did like they did it in communities where you know they provided basic infrastructure infrastructures and let them build their community up. And those who were doing well, they got more. So that concept of to whom more is given more that too, 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 too much is given, much, much is expected. expected, and so they did it on a community level, and that was what we created that we know today. Now it's like one of the major exporters of your know, skincare in the world, of surgery in the yeah, world, their skincare in the world, even the entertainment, how you wave. I mean, anyone looking at it right now, there's so many similarities to Korea. <laughs> Need to see her face. <laughs> she is there's beaming. So, there's so much, there's so much similarities, and that's what gets me passionate about Korea. Because I feel like there's too much we can learn there. I really wanna. I feel like that connection is beyond me. I don't know why. I don't know why. When I'm stressed, I wanna study Korean. You know. And so one year later, Aww. I do conversation classes and meeting with my friends. I've learned a lot. So this is one of the things I wanna bring back to Nigeria. If I'm ever given the opportunity in that capacity, there's so much we can learn from it. South Korea. And South Korea, there's so much South Korea can help it for Africa. Because a better world is a better world for everybody. Wow. Okay, Talani. Yeah. She just schooled y'all. <laughs> if you didn't know anything about Korea, now you do know about South Korea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably there'll be one Korea. The way that we're going, right? Yeah, yeah. President Moon. Okay. So, so one thing I noticed about you is you have many friends. Yeah. And I know a few people listening, or if you're listening to the podcast and you're struggling with how to make friends, how to maintain friendships, what advice can you give somebody that is struggling with friends? Okay. Always less is always more. You're talking from experience now. From experience, I'm a people person, and then about being an extrovert is, you you make friends easily. I make friends easily, but maintaining friendship is a totally different thing. That's true. Understand that it's a two way street. If you give yourself away to people and don't give you that that back for whatever reason, then it's okay to pull away. It's not sometimes it's not personal. It's not about you. Maybe they're just not in a space to be your friend, but find your people. Uh, my friends have made me be a better person. There was time I wasn't very confident in myself, and I know you won't believe that anymore. When my friends look at me, the way they look at me, the way they talk about me, to me, I wanted to be that person that I could see in their eyes. So I had to like straighten out myself and fix the demons inside of me. Yeah. That part of me that just was never satisfied about getting stuff done. I wasn't very comfortable with compliments. And I had a, a lot of issues that I was working on. But through the eyes of my friends, I wanted to be that person they saw in me. But if you don't find good people around you, yeah. and I feel like for those friends that I'm talking about, they saw that gold in me. They wanted, they saw that potential in me. But if you find, if you love yourself, people that don't really have your interest at heart, then how do you grow? You know. So I wasn't always a good friend. You know, I did friendships sometimes out of convenience, out of what I could get. I probably have probably messed up some friends. No, I probably messed up some friendship because I wasn't. So the friendship out of convenience. Out of, I wasn't. Our I wasn't friendship. very intentional. No, no, it wasn't. You're really dope. I came all the way to come. I came all the way. Oh please! Oh please! <laughs> <laughs> She's been telling me she came all the way for me. Oh girl, please! You came for Suya and many other things. <laughs> so less is more. Okay. And the older I got, especially when you move away from the US, move out from Nigeria, move to the US, your number of friends that drop off. Just because all those are your convenient friends, ah, you don't see them, they don't see you. That's see. it. Not to be like fighting, or but yeah. it's just, it's just the, twenty friends. It's interesting. Like my friends, I guess I had like really maybe five intentional friends. friends. Because I still kept in touch with it. It got so bad. You remember Talani suggested an app to me, Meet App yeah, or Meet Meet Up, yeah. 
because I told her I didn't have friends. I was always chatting with my friends in Nigeria. We had a group chat, one in the UK, yeah. one somewhere in the US, the others in Nigeria. And we we're in touch. We just kept in touch. It was like I was here, but yeah. I wasn't here, yeah. you know? And because of that, it kind of uh, restricted my 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 need to make friends in the US. <laughs> it was just hard. I made a few friends here and there, but then I've struggled with friendship as an older person it was easier to make friends as a teen yeah yeah as a teenager i was a teenager in university so it was easier then it's like now it's so hard you look it at people hard. and you're like um okay that looks I like drama look i just that. can't like, go look up my status i don't want to start telling my friends yeah too, I, I know my friend my song my 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 pet peeves like i, I don't want to start downloading all of that stuff like just go on facebook find out about me first and then we can have a conversation it, it's so hard i don't it's know hard. I wish someone told me that. Maybe I'd have made some. I'm friends, I'm recycling my old friends. Like, the people that I kind of... I knew that we were at a place where whenever we, we met, whenever we met again, we, we kind of resumed from where we started from. Mm-hmm. So I became more intentional. Because I think for me, being in the U.S., knowing that friendship wasn't always very easy to have. That's true. I became more intentional with friendship. So like I said again, be, be a good friend. Be a good friend. Be a person of your word. Don't lie to your friends. Don't cheat. Your friends, don't steal from your friends. <laughs> those three seriously you steal from your don't friends? do those things. And if you've done those things, find ways to make amends. Yeah. You know, find ways to make amends because friendship that's the thing you leave behind. Because your friends today you never know. Like your friends today might be those people that might have to like be with you tomorrow in whatever capacity. Because husbands true. are good, wives are good. But your friends are like your map in a way, because they know you before. And if people know you all through all the stages of your life, they can always remind you who you were. But if you keep changing friends, like you're changing no, it's, it's, brass that's, sizes. No, that's too it's hard. Like, exo- like, who are you then? What are you running from? You know, so yeah, be a good friend. And I don't make friends easily like before. I make acquaintances. Like, everybody to me is a friend. I'm sure you have like 2,000 friends on Facebook. But that's not real friends, you know that, right? I know, girl. But then out of it, maybe like one five are your real friends. <laughs> no, no, really, no. Not really. I think it's been said that you can count your friends on one hand. Mm. Five of your friends on one hand. Like friends that you could call. I have friends that, the time I was having a rough time in Boston, like I was really, really depressed. I was really? in Boston then. Yeah, it was really tough. I had a friend, she just heard my voice on the phone. She drove all the way from Maryland. Mm, drove all the way. Just some spend the weekend with me. And and it's something I think you can do for somebody. Yeah. So yeah, it's good. But too. I wasn't always that way, you know. I wasn't always that way. So when you have friends like that, how do you, how would you not want to be a good friend? Not like you want to pay them back, but you know that they would do it over and over again. It's your least civic duty to, to give it back to them in, in whatever capacity. So I've learned to be intentional to listen more and to give myself away. Yeah, that's yeah. that's which I saw convenience. Yeah. hits me hard and I also praying for your friends you know that's, that's another thing you know I pray for myself all the time and I thought about if you love somebody so much I mean pray for your I friends know, I, I just started I, I pray about it but I should constantly pray for them even have a prayer journal where I like write their names down things they want me to pray about but I'm like I need to be very because I'm so thankful for them and if you're listening you guys you know who you are <laughs> yeah yeah we need to pray more for our friends we need yes. to pray more for our friends and carry their burdens because I have friends that carry my burden but I feel like I haven't been very good in that area of praying more. Not just when they tell me their problems, I pray about it. Mm. But even when I think about them, when their name pops out, pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for them. Yeah, and, I've been trying now. And confess more positively for them and carry them in your spirit, carry them in that quiet area of your heart. That's one of the things I need to do more. I love my friends, but I think that I need to move that love more into action and pray more for them. Pray more for them. 
Yeah, that's it. So that's it. A beautiful my podcast. Quick recap. Well, talked about Korean food, Korean, Korean food. culture. You didn't ask my Korean. My favorite Korean food. What's your favorite? I know you're gonna say kimchi. It's a very loaded question. What's your favorite? I have to start with category. <laughs> what? What? Musu musu hashik chwayo. Uh, I have very many. for example, kimchi bokompap, kimchi fried rice. Okay. Kriko. Was kimchi made with cabbage? It's fermented cabbage. Okay. It has probiotics in it. You know, this time they have like the swine flu. That's why the bird flu. If you have yeah. I love Koreans when you're immune from that. Do you know why? Because of all the things. Kimchi power, girl. Really? They, after the fact, the fact that it has a lot of probiotics, they just confess like community against so many viruses. Oh, wow. Kimchi's got power. Okay. Kimchi is also very good. I actually have a jar of kimchi in my fridge and I run through those. Seriously, I can't imagine. That's why when I was, I put on, on three that I was looking for a Korean place to eat. I have to have Korean food like at least three times a week. Wow. Because I make it too. It's very convenient to me. I miss I miss Korean food. I miss kimchi. I do have some snacks in my bag, but it's not like the rice. Oh wow! And I have Korean rice at home, and I put a little bit of the barbecue sauce, and it's so it's so convenient to me. So I like kimchi. I like japchae, which is kind of like the glass noodles vermicelli, okay. and vegetables and sliced meat. I like bulgogi, which is like the barbecue. Barbecue. Barbecue what? Beef, beef. It could be it could be duck. Um, bulgogi, which is like um, chicken. Okay. It could be bulgogi, which is like pork, different meat, whatever I use. Um, I like tapoki too, which is kind of like rice cakes. I like a lot of Korean. Many, many soil, many Korean food. Tamago sauce, tamago, mago shipoyo. I want to eat all of them more. Okay. I've, I've not, hardly had a Korean food I didn't like. I did my travel around the US, so outside of the US, I tried to have Korean food. Korean friends everywhere. How do you I say hi? Everywhere, but. I try to have Korean restaurants. I sample them across the US when I travel. Sure. How do you say hi? And you understand? Know, it depends on. So hi depends on who's staying. Are you the host or the guest? Um, and then am I older than you or am I younger than you? Yeah. Koreans are very, very. They do a lot of honorific. And you see, uh, like you can't say hi to your mom, right? Uh, like you can't say hi, mom. Like, you can't say hi to one older than you, right? So what you say? You can't say hello and then you bow, right? Kind of, kind of like that. But you want to say. So peers, I'm older than you, so I'm your, I'm your only. So as a girl, I'm your only. She just yeah. put her hand like girl. <laughs> like she girl. just did her hand like a child. <laughs> you can't say anyong, because that's the uh, panmal, which is half speech. You don't want to do that. Okay. You want to speak to me in chodemal, which is you know, formal speech. So, and you can say, oh. Yeah, I know yeah, that one. I don't hear that But you, that your peers, you can say anyong. Okay, and then she's saying goodbye. It depends on if you're staying or if you're, if you're leaving. Okay. So as a host, and you're staying. If you're telling me goodbye, you say "Anyangi kasel." When the car is to go kata, the verb kata, "Anyangi kasel." Then if you're the guest, and you're staying, you're leaving, but you're telling to the host, you say "Anyangi kasel," meaning stay in peace. Kind of like that. Um, assalamu alaikum in a way. Peace be with you. It's kind of stay in peace. So "Anyangi" is peace. Okay. Korean language is beautiful. It is. You need to see her face right now. So you guys, you can see why I like me some <laughs> Korean shows. <laughs> I like the Korean man. <laughs> Let's uh, find fun. Ah, you need to find me some coffee, meet, meet bagel. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Talani, for being on the show. Do you want me to say something in Korean right now? Okay. All right. And you guys say, "Oh, you're a bunch of not more in with that." 
Okay, I need some Korean people in here to listen to Christian this and tell me. <laughs> I said, you know, um, I'm happy to be here. Listen, I'm excited to be with doing the podcast with you. Thank you for listening to our podcast and your house, which is good. Thank you, guys, for listening to this episode. And don't forget to rate, like, review on iTunes and SoundCloud. Yes. See you in the next episode. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Thank you so much.